Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Gonna throw it. Slam. This bugs for you. This is the Mazad Cast. Howdy, Tiger fans, and welcome to Mazad Cast. I'm your host, Brendan Anthony. With me, as always, is Josh Henson's real estate agent, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum dums? And not able to join us today is Brian Goers, who, no joke, is in the nation of Peru right now. And uh, he did uh, send me a text to say that he has come down with some sort of disease that has not uh, not been identified yet uh, in the jungles of Peru. So we hope he gets yep. better. Patient zero, Brian Goers' disease. That's right. No better person for it uh, because his immune system is a fucking train wreck. <laughs> exactly. It's been a long time, Colin, since we've... It has. Yeah, we haven't done this in a while, and a lot has happened. Yeah, I between our families and holidays, and I was actually sick for a while. Yeah, Brian Goer's disease? A, no, it's just a cold, felt bad, you know, uh, on the toilet with what I refer to as the cake frosting shits. Yeah. Uh, if you're, Tell if us you're more. Tried to wipe, <laughs> if you've ever had to try to wipe cake frosting off, off a countertop, Mm-hmm. You don't really get it removed. You just kind of push it around. Yeah. Uh, that's how I would equate it. And, and after about two days of that, it was like wiping a, a raw cat's tongue. Uh-huh. I don't want to get into too much detail. Well, I think I think we're already beyond that point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the, you know, I think the last time we had a show, uh, we were talking about the coaching search and all the speculation that abounded. Which was ultimately fruitless because uh, they did what we expected to do all along and they hired Mr. Barry Odom. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, we pretty much uh, tweeted it out that it had basically officially been done before anyone else. And, right. Uh, we've kind of been in the front of all this stuff, though uh, there's many in the world that don't want to give us credit for that. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but certainly we've been had our finger on the pulse of this whole coaching search. Yeah, and honestly, even if you uh, live in a fucking cave and don't follow it day-to-day like most normal people don't, it was pretty obvious what was going to happen. I mean... There was a relatively thin pool of potential candidates. There was a ton of schools that had openings, and we had a guy in our defensive coordinator who was uh, ready for a coaching position. And the question was, did we want to take the risk on him or not? And Mac Rhodes decided, yes, we do. So Barry Odom is the new head football coach replacing Gary Pinkle. Yeah, I, uh, I wrote an article about it uh, on uh, mazodcast.com. 
your Basically. home for all good news and articles now. Yeah, yeah, we should mention that, that uh, we have the old blog side up, and uh, we're pounding out articles, mm-hmm. keeping you guys informed of all things Mizzou football. Pounding out but, articles uh, like Fatoni pounds out co-eds. Yeah, it, but basically the crux of it was is that, um, you know, I, I don't know how good a kept secret it was. I mean, I feel like with the circles we ran in, it was not all that uh, much of a secret that Pinkle had really loosened the reins on both coaches and players inside of his program and that Odom had certainly noticed that when he had returned from Memphis and was not super comfortable with it and that when Mac Rhodes hired him or was thinking about hiring him, his only real trepidation was he wanted more discipline and and wanted the the country club uh, sort of mentality that had taken hold in the locker room in the the football department to to kind of be swept away and that – Ultimately, Odom couldn't agree more. They were their 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 ideals mirrored one another, and that uh, I think uh, it was often speculated and, and possibly confirmed by a few folks that this whole solidarity with the 1950s protests, where the players decided they weren't going to participate in football activities, was a result of maybe that locker room and atmosphere being a little too loose, and that had Pinkle had his hand a little more firmly on the rudder, that that may never have happened. And, um, so I think. Uh, Mac Rhodes was probably happy when he spoke to Odom and found out that Odom was is probably as excited about trying to instill a little more discipline and control on the program and kind of getting rid of some of these just a lot of bad coaches that Gary Pinkle had on the staff. Odom was ready and willing to do those things and uh, couldn't have agreed more with the with the direction that Mac Rhodes wanted to want to take the program. I don't think it was just Mac Rhodes' vision about what he wanted in a football coach either. I think that uh, he was told in no uncertain terms that if anything resembling at all what transpired during the whole affair where the president and and chancellor left came from the athletic department, that Rhodes could add his head to the uh, pike. Because that is not how the university in the future wanted to have its uh, its leadership selected. Yeah, essentially the, the, the ultimatum had been made if this, this football team will not decide how this university is run. And if anything like this happens again, it's your ass. And Odom is a guy who had expressed privately thoughts about how he would prefer a more disciplined look. And now he's having the opportunity to, uh, to make that transpire. And uh, he's begun to do some things. And uh, one of the couple of first things he did was uh, basically let – Josh Henson and A.J. Ricker know in un- no uncertain terms that they would not be part of a new Odom administration. Yeah, for sure. I thank Christ for that. <laughs> I, I often wonder if Pinkle would have done the same thing. You know what I mean? He, you know, yeah. he had this reputation as being fiercely loyal, and he had proven that by never firing any, an assistant in 15 years. But based on the offensive production this year, I can't imagine a circumstance where even Gary Pinkle would not have done – Odom has ultimately done, and that is clean house. It is a really fun hypothetical to pose because you're right. We had a historically bad offense. This is not a this is not a wishy washy circumstance. And though Pinkle was famous for not firing assistants, if ever there was an opportunity or a circumstance that maybe demanded it, this was it. And of course, we're never going to know what Pinkle would have done. But it is it is interesting to see if he would have stayed stubbornly loyal even in these circumstances because I do think there would have been enough pressure mounting that somebody's head would have had to take an axe. And, you know, when Yost left, he was under a lot of pressure because there was a lot of unhappiness with the offense and the way the team had performed. 
and it was nothing compared to this season. No, and I think I think ultimately this a lot of what happened post the protest with Pinkle leaving and uh, all of it was spurred by boosters as much as anything. I, I think there was a lot of very upset boosters. Boosters handle how Pinkle handled this whole situation, and um, they were, you know, there's there's also the rumor out there that Pinkle's family and people close to Pinkle say that he feels like he was ultimately almost fired, mm-hmm. you know, where he was he was almost shown the door um, despite the fact that he you know quote unquote resigned. It's, he had lost the support of a lot of uh, people with a lot of deep pockets based on this whole flub up, and that that was. T- Kind of, he was like, "Hey, you got this whole health issue anyway, and you're getting up there, and hey, you know, maybe we'll just call it a day." How? Huh? What do you say, pal? And I don't know. I mean, that is, but that is that little rumor comes from people who are in the know. You know, what I mean, and so while I can't verify the source necessarily, it's it it certainly makes a lot of sense because Pinkle had openly said that he planned on coaching for several more years, mm-hmm. and you know, basically part of that rumor is that Pinkle. While he this diagnosis was you know uh, a bad one that he it was one he felt like he could manage while still coaching right and now suddenly he's like I said felt like he was being shown the door a little bit and not maybe not uh, being fired in, the, in a, any uncertain terms but being basically told they would prefer if he just kind of move along move along yeah nothing to see here yeah well it's in the past now however it went through and. Uh, the question is, what will uh, what will 2016 look like? Um, you know, Barry Odom is a first year coach, not for Missouri, but forever, and he's he's putting together a, a program. He's he's made a, his first hire after a lot of long speculation was Josh Heupel from Utah State, who is now going to be the offensive coordinator. Replacing Josh Henson, although the interesting thing is that Josh Henson is no, not officially fired yet. So uh, technically, I guess we have two offensive coordinators, but but uh, Josh Heupel will be the new offensive coordinator. This was an interesting pick, uh, both in, in who it is and how it happened. Heupel was a co-offensive coordinator at Oklahoma for a time. He was sort of let go when Bob Stoops had some struggles and needed to uh, have a sacrificial lamb and didn't want to fire his brother, essentially. And then um, went to Utah State, and they had a pretty good year. And so he his, his MO at a parent, it appears is that he has a flexible offensive game plan based on personnel and uh, what what the team looks like at any given point. But uh, the word is he'll try to open it up more than Henson did. And I told somebody earlier today, uh, my thought on, on the Heupel hire is that he is not Josh Henson, therefore it is a masterful hire. Anything's better than what we had. Right. Um, that, yeah, I mean, really, the bar has been set so incredibly low for the offense and, at Mizzou. I mean, he can just be a little bit better and still look good. I mean, there's really no place for him to go but up. But up. Right. So, I mean, at least for a couple of years, I think he's going to live in a bit of a honeymoon period where even if the offense isn't great, we'll be like, well, at least it's better than it was. Right. Yeah, and, you know, what's funny to me, Colin, is because um, there were other openings around the SEC, I saw a lot of the SEC media types were really questioning the hire of Heupel as offensive coordinator. And, and and it really speaks to me of like what South Carolina did, hiring Will Muschamp as their head coach, and then Will Muschamp going on to hire basically his re, re, getting the band back together from his dreadful Florida coaching staff. 
and yeah. and the SEC media like nodding their heads like it's a good idea. It the, the SEC because they're so insular and because they're so self congratulatory, they far prefer SEC retreads than anyone from the outside. And yeah. it'll be interesting because Missouri. Even though they've adopted a lot of SEC philosophies, that in this hire in Odom, this is not one of them. You know, they pick people from the outside. They pick people who are not classic SEC guys, and the SEC media doesn't like it. But we'll see what the results turn out to be. Well, that's the SEC media is not going to like anybody that hasn't coached in the SEC before. They have this this mindset where if you haven't done it in the SEC, you just haven't done it. Right. And uh, so, I mean, Josh Heupel is like. For them, the equivalent of hiring someone with zero experience. Right. But Will Muschamp is below a zero. He's had years of experience in every team he's been to. The last four years, have they've done appreciably worse. Like, he is a cancer to a football program, and they still look at him as a better option than than a question mark from outside because oh, he's I, been in the SEC. It's bizarre. I tweeted it out. I, I, I thought I'm flabbergasted that anyone is, uh, uh, that roots for South Carolina can be happy about this decision. It's amazing. I thought it was a joke at first. Like when people started re- like mentioning Muschamp's name, it was it seemed so farcical to me. Can you imagine you know, guy, if Will Muschamp was on the short list at Missouri? I mean, can you imagine how fast you'd be pulling your fucking hair out? It would be the worst. Vernon, oh, I didn't. I wasn't in love with having a guy. I wasn't even in love with having like a, a Les Miles from LSU who's won a national championship. You know what I mean? Much less, and yeah, much less Will Muschamp who's had zero success as a head coach. Yeah, it's it's amazing to me. And people at South Carolina seem to be really optimistic about their future. And I think, well, you just signed your own fucking death warrant. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a train wreck. You know, put it in the books. It's gonna be terrible. It's gonna yeah, be I mean, terrible. I don't know what Missouri's gonna look like next year, but I guarantee we're gonna beat fucking South Carolina. Put that oh, on the boy. fucking books. Remember, yeah. I said it, folks. December eighteenth, Star Wars release day. <laughs> well, Colin, the other thing I was wanting to mention about Hypel is that. Well, we knew about this pretty early. We, I think December 8th, December 9th, uh, we had tweeted out that this is a done deal. It was the handshakes had been made. Odom knew what he was doing. Heupel was on board. Obviously, uh, there were some other media outlets out of Salt Lake who uh, had heard the same things that we had and reported it out. The, the Columbia, Missouri media, they were reluctant to do anything until they had seen a signature on the dotted line, I guess, and the program itself kept quiet for about a, another week or so, and then lo and behold, uh, after, you know, when did it, was it released? Tuesday, Wednesday, they finally announced that it was a, a done deal, and everybody acted like this was news, but this had been in the works well before the curators had even met to approve the the, the salary bundle that Odom had to work with for his assistance pool. Yeah, um, yeah. So, anyway, we were on, we, we had a little experiment. We had, we uh, joined our colleagues over at uh, Power Mizzou for for a brief spell. Yeah, we did a little experiment. Mm-hmm. Um, we went into Power Mizzou to just see what it was all about. We yeah, we heard we big things. Talked a little bit of shit about Power Mizzou, right? Um, but we uh, we thought, hey, why not? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, let's see what this what it's all about. Let's throw out an olive branch, you know? Sure. So uh, we had, we'd posted some news that we had heard on Power Mizzou because my understanding of what Power Mizzou is is it's a it's a blog site or a or a message board message site board. where uh, you know if people have information or think they have information you put it out there and the thankful Mizzou fan base can can say thank you for telling us what you've heard I feel more informed now or I don't believe what you've written but I appreciate your efforts 
it turns out that's not necessarily the feedback we received. No, no. I I thought Twitter was the trolliest place on the planet. I was wrong. Right. <laughs> Tarmazoo is a bunch of, um, I mean, I should, they, there weren't all, I mean, there were some people that were nice, but they were very bitter and mean. Like, we, I honestly thought that people would be happy. Like, hey, we're sharing this information. I mean, we have inside information that Hypel's hired. You know what I mean? It's, right. It's done and they're... Or even if they didn't believe it, you know that no big deal. I mean, it's it's a it's a rumor mill essentially. It's not It's not the front page of the Post Dispatch, you know. So no big deal if it's a little off. It's early. And we had gotten inside information that uh, basically, you know, Mac Rhodes was very high on Odom, and that unless some better candidate came forward, unless something somebody came in and blew his hair back. That that Odom is your man. It's happening. I mean, that's pretty much who they want, and he's the bar that's being set, and everybody else who interviews is being compared to him. Mm-hmm. And we kind of throw that out there too. And man, we just took it in the shorts. Oh people man, just people came at us hard. Yeah, and then when we turned out to be correct, it didn't. Say that people had short memories. Um, interesting part of that experiment too was at one point uh, the the site's overlord. Gabe Arman called into question one of the things we said, which was a simple, like, somebody brought up the idea of Mike Leach being the coach, and we said, no, that's not going to be possible. Uh, we had uh, confirmed with someone in the room of the hiring decision that a list of names had been presented by a an outside uh, consultant group, and Leach was amongst them. It was vetoed as having too much baggage. And Gabe Arman called us into question said, if you have information from a guy inside the room, I will comp your subscription. Obviously, thinking that's no way that we lowly Mazodcasters had any information. Yeah, he called our bluff. Yeah, you guys don't know shit. You guys don't have any. You don't know anybody in the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, go fuck yourself. Right. So then we we sent a direct message to Gabe, told him our source, and he said, "Well, you, I guess you're right. I will comp your <laughs> yeah, subscription." Grudging, grudgingly admitted that. Wow, that's a good source. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, and uh, had to comp us. Yep, so there we were on, on his site, Power Mizzou, with him paying the bill. and For free. <laughs> time went on. <laughs> time went on, and we continued to be active. And and, uh, and I'll be honest, you know, our presence seemed to spark a lot of interest and divisiveness amongst the uh, users of Power Mizzou. And at some point, uh, one day, Colin, I believe we, we just got an email randomly that said, we, uh, uh, we're sorry you chose to leave Power Mizzou. We hope you come back someday, Rivals.com. And I called Colin and said, did you did you cancel our subscription? And he said, no. And so we found out later that uh, that uh, we were booted off, that Gabe kicked us off old Power Mizzou. He had enough of the Mazodcast, yep. of the old yep. Mazodcast. The old Mazodcast. And uh, let, let it be known that we all, we just, we tweeted out a couple, or tweeted out, we, we, had, we started a couple t- lines, or uh, some forum lines with, with headlines that we had heard, and then we got involved in a couple others when we were prompted by other people, but really... We hadn't put anything on there. We were purposely, as you know, clean for us. As you guys know, we love the word fuck and cunt and all those mm-hmm. other wonderful adjectives. Shitbag asshole. Uh, yeah. You have to use so many cuss words. That kind of stuff. And we'd, we'd stayed away from all that. We had been very self-deprecating anytime people came at us. And they came at us a lot, telling us we were shitbags. We were the death of journalism. Right. You know, the reason that you know the Nazis existed, those sorts of things. Which made me and, really actually feel pretty good because I didn't realize we had that kind of power. No, no, no. But we were we were awful, awful, miserable, not journalists, pieces of shit. And uh, regardless it's, it's, whether information is right, we're not. Allowed, we shouldn't be allowed to 
disperse it because we aren't journalists. It was the no, crux of it. We were only fans, which I learned through Power Mizzou that is that is an actual uh, felony to be a, a fan and to speak about what you feel and believe as a fan rather than a journalist. Yeah, well, and you the must truth have is a press we're pass. different than anyone else on there. Yeah, right. You know, we're just a fan talking. But anyway, our presence seemed to spur some divisiveness in that you know some people were very congratulatory and very happy that we were sharing this information. And basically, we're coming to bat for us, saying, right. you know, hey, well, these guys are providing this information, love them or hate them. I mean, what's the deal, you know? And it just created this this circumstance where people were kind of then getting down on Power Mizzou, saying, listen, you know, if you, you guys want to just be on Power Mizzou and wait for Gabe to get a press release that a coach has been hired, and that's when you're going to get the information, that's fine. But these Mazzotcast guys are giving you information before it happens. Isn't that what everybody wants? Right. And so it took a very, like... It took the hypo hire. It was the hypo hire that did yeah. it. And the Heibel hire did it, and because we we were a, we were a firm nine days out in front of everybody else in the Heibel thing. Right, and, and uh, Gabe had mentioned Heipel as a likely candidate, and that's true. But we we didn't say he was a likely candidate. We said it's done. He's the man. Yes, yeah. and uh, and uh, that that just that created all this div- divisive arguments online on a, on a on a post we didn't even start. No, and uh, but like I said, it, it turned a little bit negative towards. Zoo for the people that were like say, coming to bat for us a little bit, and uh, Gabe basically sent us an email after our inquiry into why we were kicked off. Kicked off, and he said that wasn't the intention. He was just he was just taking away our comp. He wasn't going to going to give us a free subscription anymore because we just created too much derision. And it, it, the, the email was very unsatisfying. <laughs> yeah, it was basically stated. I didn't. I had no intention of kicking you off the site. My intention was to uh, go back on my word. And take your comp away because people are saying things about me that make me feel sad. It's not. It's you, you guys didn't say it, but because you're on my site, people say it, and that makes me feel bad. And so I'm going to um, to do the opposite of what I said I would do earlier. So that, you know, we yeah. said that's that's fine. It's your site. You can be as vindictive as you feel like you need to be. You know. Yeah, it was extremely punitive, and and like we said, we hadn't really done anything. Um, yeah. Bad. It just, you know. I posted the uh, Josh Henson tribute video, which I thought was a thoughtful uh, retrospect on the season in our offense, but uh, that was also that, removed. That yeah. was also pulled down. Yeah. So, there, but, but yeah. And so, anyway, Gabe said, you know, we were welcome to uh, rejoin at full price. And, and we've we decided, meh, I don't really see a lot of value in that. So, the experiment has come to a, uh, like you said, unsatisfying end. <laughs> It's funny that the the boot that we got kind of coincided with our own conversation to be like this really isn't worth it. I mean, this is just a, this just is a, us being a punching bag. We we give people you know information we come to from good sources, you know, and it, it takes a little legwork on our part, and we share that information, and basically we all we get is a knee to the groin for it. Right, and we have so, other outlets for that. We have this uh, this broadcast. We have our our site, which we by the way have have. Uh, taken up to turbo mode, and we now have uh, articles as well as a message board ourselves. So you can, we're welcome to do all the things we did on Power Mizzou on the Mazodcast.com site as well. So fuck them. Feed them fish. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so, so, <laughs> fuck it. I mean, we can do everything we were doing uh, without being told we are sacks of shit constantly. Right. So yeah, there you go. You know, it, it was a it was a fun little experiment. Um, it was. Uh, I feel like I know who Gabe Diarman is a little bit better now, and he's pretty much who I expected him to be. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Colin, you, I was going to tell you. Do you know who Gabe Diarman's favorite race car driver is? No, I don't. It's Richard Petty. 
Yeah, Richard and Petty. Do you that know who? Right. Do you know who Gabe Darman's favorite uh, rock musician is? No, I don't. Uh, oh, it's it's Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. <laughs> really, I didn't know that. Well, you got to know him apparently even better than I did. Yeah, yeah. So a little tidbit, some information for you there. Yeah, sure, sure. So, there you go. Anyway, onward and upward from that. So uh, you know, Merry Christmas, Gabe Darman and Power Mizzou. <laughs> uh, there was another hire. This just today, uh, Demonte Cross, former safety for the Missouri Tigers, has been named as the new defensive coordinator in the Odom administration, which tells us a couple of things. One is uh, is something we already really knew, which is uh, Kuligowski, who had done such a great job as a line coach for the Tigers, will not, likely not be on staff next season. Yeah, yeah, and I, 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 that didn't really surprise me that much. We talked about it on our last show. Yeah, I mean the. the Defensive, he's a defensive line coach, and at this point, he's been an extraordinarily good one. And not Mizzou didn't give him a chance at DC, and nobody else has either, which makes me think that he he's just been identified within the industry as a guy who's probably not a coordinator. Hmm. Um, and maybe he'll prove me wrong, but I, 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 if you're going to see him as a defensive coordinator, I don't think it's going to be at the D1 level, at least not right away. I mean, he's going to have to 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 make his chops somewhere else and, and get that opportunity. But it was pretty clear that Mizzou wasn't going to give him that opportunity. Yeah, and there were a variety of reasons why that wasn't going to happen. I mean, we certainly wish him well. I mean, he's done wonderful. He's awesome. I wish we still had him as a D-line coach. Yeah. But uh, but you, you, even in a Pinkle administration, you have to know a guy like Kuligowski, who's got such great and growing reputation at what he does do, he wasn't going to be here for 30 years satisfied as just a position coach. Well, you know he'd already I mean? been here for 15. I, I mean, right. Yeah, so I'm saying. He, you know, he, he's an excellent position coach, and I'm sure he wants to climb the ladder somewhere else. And so it's just you can't – you've got to expect a guy like that. You're going to lose guys like that. I mean, success well, means you, it's hard to hang on to folks. I think what's telling for me, Brendan, is that you know, when we talked about how fiercely loyal Pinkle is, and, and Kuligowski came with Pinkle from Toledo. Right. Like he was with Pinkle for three or four years at Toledo before he came to Mizzou. So this was obviously a Pinkle guy, and even Pinkle didn't give him the defensive coordinator job in the in the the, the next fifteen years at Mizzou. Right. You know what I mean? So it wasn't just Odom had the DC job over Kuligowski. Lots of guys did. So I mean, even Pinkle, who obviously was a good and trusted uh, compatriot, didn't trust him to be the DC at any point in his fifteen year tenure. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. And certainly, who knows what goes on behind closed doors, but he was a fantastic line coach and put a lot of guys in the NFL. And and that takes us to the hire that we did make, which DeMonte Cross, which I mentioned, uh, played, uh, I guess he played with Barry Odom in the 90s on the Missouri team. And he uh, he comes to us from TCU, where he's been co-defensive coordinator uh, the last couple of years. And he's had a, a long coaching career since the late 90s, starting in Missouri, actually. Uh, he's co- like an outside linebackers coach. Went to Sam Houston State, Iowa State. He played. He was. Uh, he coached for the Buffalo Bills from 06 to 2010, and then uh, went to Wisconsin. Uh, and, and to uh, sadly, he must have been really on hard times in 2012. He, he was a linebacker coach at Kansas, and uh, yeah, that, that I mean, wisely left there immediately to go to TCU, and uh, has been there since then. So he's built himself a solid resume. This wasn't just Odom hiring a buddy. You know, in yeah. sort of a nepotism role, uh, he's a, he's a, a coach who's who's you know made his bones, so to speak, and and we'll see what he puts together. But we've talked about a lot that uh, 
there's a good chance that Barry Odom is going to have his fingers in the defensive pie still. Yeah, and so, so the fact that he's hiring an old friend is probably not a bad idea because you bring somebody else in with their own ideas and there's going to be some uh, some butting of heads between the head coach and Yeah, the, he brings in a guy he knows and a guy who doesn't have any experience as the defensive coordinator, as a, he's a singular defensive coordinator. And so uh, Odom can involve himself maybe a little more than if he would have brought in some guy with a storied uh, – background as a defensive coordinator true enough so uh, we will see what that means uh, there's also been a little bit of recruiting news Odom's been uh, very busy on the recruiting trail since he's been named and I think for the most part things have looked on the up and up but uh, anyway I think Colin it's about time we took a break and when we come back uh, we want to hear what others have to think about this Odom hire and so we're we're trying to get a hold of our good friend Corey Fatoni uh, who will be playing a sophomore season under a new head coach and he should be able to tell us what life will be like here on campus for he and the rest of the players under a new administration. Until then, this is the Mazzotcast. Don't throw that used cell phone away. Sell it to Midmo iFix. Midmo iFix buys and sells used cell phones that include a 30-day warranty. So if you lost your phone overboard, the screen's cracked, or the phone's broken, stop into Midmo iFix and see Kevin. And if you have no use for that old phone, turn it into cash. Midmo iFix, located next to Emo's Pizza on Osage Beach Parkway. 573-694-8795. Midmo iFix. Phones fixed fast. And we're back, and joining us as promised is the, now what will be sophomore punter for the Missouri Tigers, Corey Fatoni, our old friend, is here to join us. Uh, thanks for being here, Corey. Yes, hello. Merry Christmas to you. Yeah, and to you as well. So I'm sorry in your freshman year you didn't get to go to a bowl game. Uh, that couldn't have been foreseen, I would imagine, at the offset of the season. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. I wanted to travel, get a little, uh, get away from home, a little strange ass on the road. But hey, you know, I... I have confidence that we will get that opportunity uh, soon enough. Sure, and speaking of soon enough, things will be different, no doubt, in that Gary Pinkle, longtime legendary head coach at Mizzou, is now gone, and Barry Odom has been named your new head coach. Of course, you know Coach Odom as the defensive coordinator. What are your thoughts of having Coach Odom as your new head coach? Well, I have mixed emotions about Coach Odom. I know he's a terrific coach. The defensive players, they love him, you know, but – I don't know. He never really paid much attention to me. Uh, he, you know, when I most around uh, when I was around Coach Odom, he would uh, generally ignore me. Uh, if he was paying attention, he's really slamming me into lockers. Is that uh, right? Calling me a puke, uh, special teams puke, and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, Not a but, lot of respect uh, for the special teams guys. Is no, that... I mean, they, I don't mean he. You know, he done me a good job when I come off the field when I do something well. But uh, ultimately, you know, I, I don't know Coach Odom that well. I'm looking forward to get to know him better. Uh, if our offense doesn't improve, he's going to get to know me really well. <laughs> and uh, that's uh, I hope that changes. And then again, I hope it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, Corey, Corey, come on now. Uh, we we want wins here, not just punts. Yeah, but did you see I won postseason awards? You I did. Uh, Congratulations yeah, on that. Yeah, I'm a big stinking deal. Yeah. You know, uh, the recognition's always good with the ladies, uh-huh. so I enjoy that. Really, punters awards helps with the ladies. Well, I don't know. I mean, it just gets your profile up. You know, I mean, you're. People on Twitter about you and whatnot, and, you know, that gets your profile up. They know who your name is. I mean, most of the time when you're a punter and you say, hey, my name's Corey Fatoni, they would be like, who the fuck is that? 
But sure. they know Corey Fatoni's name in Columbia, Missouri now. Make no mistake. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, Odom isn't the only change happening there. Um, it sounds like the old offensive coordinator, Josh Henson, will be no more as well. And, uh, you know, he's going to be replaced. Yeah, I figured that. Uh, yeah, I know they haven't mentioned that yet, but I saw him carrying his rabbit cages out uh, several weeks ago to his truck. Yeah. So I assumed that he wouldn't be back. Yeah, that's how do you, how do you and the the rest of the players feel about uh, Coach Henson sailing on to greener pastures? Well, more mixed emotions. I mean, uh, I can honestly say uh, no one did more for my career than Coach Henson. Uh, he, uh, he, 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 I feel like he is uh, directly uh, responsible for me winning postseason awards. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, it's uh, everybody's a little more excited about the opportunity to you know score more points than you do in your average baseball game. Right, and so that's that's got everybody you know excited. And this hypo guy, you know, he's a Ute. Yeah, he's a guy from Utah. He's uh, supposedly kind of you know he's got some ideas, some uh, some creativity. Yeah. So uh, hopefully he brings something to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I don't know what you think about this, uh, Corey, but I feel like I've seen photos of the guy, uh, Coach Heupel, and he seems to resemble to me, and he may or may not be the uh, grumpy uncle from the Harry Potter movies. Yeah, that's not surprising. Have no, you seen Grease? No, I, I'm more of a I'm more of a diehard type guy, you know. Right, sure, sure. Fast and the Furious. Uh, Goodfellas, particularly, is one of my favorites. Okay, sure. Well, that makes all the sense in the world. So, uh, what would you think about a a Tiger team that let's say the offense was on the field more? Was that good, bad, otherwise for you? Well, hopefully, it's good for the the team. It's not necessarily good for me, but. Uh, you know, I'm a team player. I don't want to. I don't want to steal the spotlight. I mean, your puncher shouldn't be stealing the spotlight. But uh, you know, yeah, like I said, I have mixed emotions about it. You know, I, I really liked Coach Henson. I liked his offensive strategy. <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, three and out, three and go to Corey didn't bother me at all. Yeah, three and go to Corey seemed to be the uh, the um, mantra of the team last year, except for one thing, which apparently, for, for, well, which for me was the highlight of the. 2015 season was a faked punt where you had, I don't know, a 26-yard rushing gain, and we got to see that your leg is not just for kicking, but it, you can you can move a little bit, too. Make no mistake, that is the first conversation I will have with Coach Heupel. Yeah. I feel like I am underutilized in the offense. I mean, sure, I can kick, but I mean, I want to see that run, see the moves I've got, see that, that top-end speed. I really feel like I've got more to offer than just as a kicker. Sure. I mean, I think in that one play, you outperformed Ish Witter up to that point in the game. Uh, not to, not to disparage anyone else on your team. I know they're, you're you're close with your teammates, but uh, no, no, absolutely not. But uh, no, I, I feel like I I can uh, safely say and comfortably say, and Ish would probably agree that I'm a better running back. <laughs> well, Corey, uh, it is the holiday season. I assume you'll be getting back to Tennessee for Christmas. What are your Christmas plans? Absolutely, go back to Tennessee. Go back to the uh, there's a little little neighborhood in Franklin called Sicily, Tennessee. Uh, we're gonna go to the na- old neighborhood, and you know, I'll, it'll be fun to get out, play a little stickball with the fellas out in the streets. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we'll uh, eat a little pasta and uh, enjoy uh, some family time. Go to mass and mm-hmm. uh, do the whole nine. That sounds great, and I uh, I wish you a merry merry Christmas and a happy new year. Uh, keep it rained in though. Don't get too wild during the New Year celebration. We need you for the. 2016 season. No, don't worry about that. Uh, you know, I, I don't get too wild. I, I, I wrap it up. You know what I mean. I, and, I hear you. Uh, so uh, you know, no, no distractions. You know, I, yeah, I do what I can to, to to keep myself entertained without crossing those lines, so to speak. I hear you. We call it the uh, the Maddie border. Yeah, exactly. I don't cross the Maddie line. Right. 
Yeah. Well, that's all we asked. So uh, thanks, thanks again for joining us, Corey, and giving us some insight in what the players think about the new Odom coaching administration. Yeah, absolutely. No problem. I'm always here for you guys. All right. Well, Colin, it was all, as always, it's good to uh, to have Corey on the line with us. So, uh, yeah, Corey's a great guy. Yeah. So, but it is time. It's a different time now. That I think we should uh, address something that we haven't gone after in a while, and so it's built up. It's time for Kansas news. I was heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas: sunshine, sunflowers. Sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. Our first story comes to us from the Oregonian in uh, in Portland, Oregon. Actually, a strange place for Kansas news to be taking place. I know, but it's a it's a very Kansas story. Uh, the headline is: Naked Oregon man found in Kansas wheat field told go back to your liberal home <laughs> well i think we had a story like in season one Brendan, about a, a guy in kansas walking the streets naked yeah uh, no, it, uh, weird nudity seems to be a running theme in the state of but kansas. apparently he was conservative so it was uh, the uh, blind eye turned towards it <laughs> yep 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 so this says uh, an oregon man spotted taking pictures in central kansas wheat fields with nothing on but a hat and a smile got a lesson in midwestern standards of decency when he was told to go home to his more liberal state it all started when a woman near an outlet mall in walton kansas told police after spotting the nude man according to a facebook account posted wednesday by the harvey county sheriff's office he was in the field with a friend both in their 20s Walton was about 30 miles north of Wichita. Uh, an undersheriff approached the two out-of-towners and explained to them that Kansas is not as liberal as Oregon and suggested they continue their travels back to the home state, according to the Post. The naked man was wearing... But that's not a... I mean, hard to be a more liberal state. I mean, I feel like Texas is a more liberal state than Kansas. So. <laughs> that's, a, that's a fair assessment. Yeah, um, let's see. The naked man was wearing boxers by the time police arrived. The two were allowed to leave without facing charges. It's not illegal to be in the nude, providing you are not trying to arouse yourself or others, the sheriff's office said. Disorderly so conduct. He's not stroking his dork. He's all right. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I don't think I could even muster the ability to the dork stroke while I was in Kansas. <laughs> State of Kansas. Yeah. yeah. The smell alone. <laughs> That's right. From the rivers of shit. Yeah. Our next story. Kansas scores low on infectious disease prevention study. This is a standard theme that we've run across throughout the season where uh, infectious disease and uh, pestilence. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Scoring low is another theme. New report says Kansas is not very well prepared for preventing, detecting, or diagnosing and responding to disease outbreaks. The report from the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation finds major gaps in the country's ability to prevent and control outbreaks of infectious diseases, including influenza, whooping cough, and AIDS. The report has 10 different indicators out of a possible 10 score. Kansas and six other states score 3 out of 10. 
But the Kansas Department of Health and Environmental Communications says if you look at the exact indicators they're looking at, I think we're doing pretty well. It's just not specifically what they're looking at. Yeah, it's, you know, I mean, most of their medical standards are, you know, come from basically a World War II yeah. mentality. I mean, that's, that's World War II, you're giving them a lot more credit than I would. <laughs> well, I know that uh, for most of those uh, conditions of bleeding or leeches, uh, a lot of things like that are probably implemented. Sure. Belfry cites a number of whooping causes cases are, have been falling year over year, and that is an example of the improvement they've had, as well as not having any measles cases. So uh, yeah. the, the low bar they have in Kansas keeps their spirits up and their health low. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so basically they, they haven't had any cases, so they haven't had to drill into anyone's head to let the demons out. Right, or, or leech them. <laughs> yeah. Son, what you need is a good bleeding. Uh, let's see, our, our, our last story here has a holiday theme. Kansas woman arrested, Christmas tree damaged during fight. Law enforcement, <laughs> law enforcement authorities in Saline County are investigating an altercation between two women in a home in Selena. Robin Harrington, age 29, is accused of hitting a woman in the head and threatening her with a knife during an argument on Wednesday evening at the home of East, in East Selena. A Christmas tree was knocked over and ornaments damaged before the other person stopped the fight. The victim was taken to Selena Regional Health Center for treatment of bruises on her face. Harrington was arrested for charges of battery, aggravated assault, and damage to property. How was the Christmas tree? Yeah, well, no, no report on the Christmas tree, but I think we can assume that it was um, a cheap store-bought model that is very difficult to damage, the kind that lasts in a landfill for thousands and thousands of years. Certainly not any trees to cut down in Kansas. No, that's true. Yeah, they, where would they get trees? It's almost unfair to ask them to have a real tree. It was just a, it was just a, like a bale of wheat. <laughs> yeah, with, with ornaments strung on it. Yeah, in their trailer. It's hard to get into a fight and not knock over your tree whenever your home generally is around four hundred square feet, too. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's almost unavoidable inside. I mean, I'm sure it probably was. Uh, these probably these weren't wealthy. They probably didn't have a double wide. Right. Well, it's very optimistic of you. But uh, on the subject of Kansas news, Colin, there's a little bit of sad news here in our home state of Missouri. Uh, Kansas news-esque. Yeah, unfortunately, that's true. Everybody's aware of the struggles that Missouri has had, the University of Missouri had over the the fall uh, and how the football team was involved. But uh, lo and behold, our moronic slack-jawed legislators in Jefferson City who – routinely come up with dreck for legislation and make our state worse and worse by the year. Uh, there was a, a guy named by the name of Rick Bratton who uh, lives nowhere near Columbia, Missouri, and has no college degree nor any affiliation with any university of any type. Thought it would be a good idea to institute a bill that he filed, pre-filed, that would require uh, college athletes to, if they, for any reason other than health, decline to play the sport in which they were under scholarship for, that their uh, funds for their scholarship would be revoked. big problem with this bill is that uh, no scholarship money for college athletes comes from public funds. It is all private contributions. So uh, that was a widely uh, rebuked as a stupid, stupid, stupid bill that was unenforceable and uh, just – petty and dumb. Um, well, and it, it was a direct response to the protest. It just, right. Like, you know, like no. I said, whether you agree with the protest or don't agree with the protest, what you can agree on is that uh, 
there are still white people in the world that hates them, some black folk. Yeah, and Rick Bratton is clearly one of them. Uh, he yeah. brands himself, uh, and, and again, whatever your political strategy, we don't care, but he brands himself a small government conservative, but he thought it would be a good idea to stretch the arms of government wider and to uh, and to uh, overreach private donations in the in the private market and decide what private scholarship money did uh, because the government knew better. So uh, I don't. I think it was disappointing for me because I, I expected this guy to look like the villain in a in a movie, like an old crotchety senator who's backwards on things and uh, in like a Iron Man esque Gary Shandling character. Right, uh, but instead, it's a this guy looks. It's like looks like he's like twenty five and he's a Ken doll. Yeah, and it's like oh, I, I just assume people who are younger and like a little more. I mean, wouldn't be so well, you know, straight up retarded. But uh, I was wrong. Well, you clearly I, uh, underestimated our state legislature. Yeah, he's also. I was. I was going to kick uh, Dennis Dodd from CBS Sports and tweeted out a couple of the other bills that he had uh, rolled out there. And boy, basically, uh, one was basically demanded that uh, Missouri schools. Stop teaching evolution. Sure. And uh, start teaching um, creationism. Yeah. Um, he wanted to remove all all taxes on guns, I believe, so they'd be tax yeah. exempt. Yeah. Yeah. Make them tax exempt. Absolutely. Don't want to pay taxes on those things. Yeah. Yeah. It's only fair. Yeah. Yeah. He seems like a hell of a guy. Uh, the <laughs> the bill was later. He he revoked his own bill. He withdrew it after um, widely being um, yeah, you know, mocked. Painted as an Yeah, I mean, I, clearly, I think this was a bill he didn't expect to ever get passed, but he thought he'd get himself some attention, which he did. Uh, but it was the the variety that, ha ha, look at this imbecile. Um, he doesn't under <laughs> he doesn't understand how the monies work. Yeah, and so, I, what's, what's, like I said, what's painfully obvious is like this guy doesn't care about. I mean, he he didn't even look up where the funds come from. No, he's just like I don't want these black folk thinking they can not play football. Right. At times they want, don't want to, so I'm going to pass me a bill. Yeah, and it's like yeah. you, goddamn idiot. <laughs> yeah, oh, and the, the funny thing that he was interviewed on local radio station and KTGR, and uh, he was saying how you know what the players did and how the coach responded to it made people not want to come play for Missouri. And I thought, you think passing this bill where you're basically threatening to revoke their scholarships is going to make people flock to the football team at Mizzou? You fucking idiot. Yeah, it's. It's it's unfortunate that a guy like this can get elected, but at the at the at the uh, local legislature level, I mean, it's not like these guys are having multiple debates on major television networks. I mean, this guy got elected because, like I said, he looks like a fucking Ken doll, and the other guy running literally may have had a corn cob pipe in his mouth. So yeah, it's just like whoever uh, this guy looks like he'd do the job. Yeah, there are a lot of districts that I'm not going to lie where whoever's mule can get you to the courthouse and <laughs> file for. <laughs> File for nomination fastest. That's who's going to get elected. Um, yeah. And certainly, uh, certainly, Rick Bratton seems to be of that uh, variety of legislator. So, well, I, I mean, say what you want about racism, but it's hard to argue that it, it, it still exists a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You got guys like this out there, and you got people out there going, going, good for you, Rick Bratton. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Because there was plenty of that too. I mean, for the most part, he was universally panned as a complete idiot. But there were those those nut jobs going. Yeah, you show them. 
Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, it, it, you know, like it, not to get into a political battle because the the people who derided this as yeah, the people who derided this as ridiculous crossed all party lines. It was just people who have good damn common sense. The uh, the people who thought he was doing a good job, or the people who get incensed when black people think they have the right to talk about their feelings. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Anyway, that was a fun little uh, side note in a very you know dull, quiet period of typically of football, especially in a year where we're not going to go to a bowl. Uh, we had a couple of days to make fun of a stupid legislator at the state level. Uh, I enjoyed it. Yeah. So, Colin, uh, Christmas is upon us. Uh, what are your plans? I mean, uh, surely it's hearth and home, family and friends. You know, uh, is, is that that can be the only thing happening in your world. Uh, yeah, all that shit. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. All yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So n- nothing else. There's no uh, nothing else no. happening. Star Wars. I mean, that's what I was getting at. I'm a full-on Star Wars nerd. So yeah, you yeah. weren't catching what I was throwing down. Yeah, yeah. I've uh, basically since midnight of last night, I have been completely too messed. Mm-hmm. And I feel like maybe I should call my physician because they say an erection that lasts more than four hours is a bad thing. Right. Well. Uh, but, Up for debate. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I feel like it shows that I'm perfectly healthy. Right, uh, right. But yeah, I'm all up for some, some Star Wars. Yeah, that is going to happen. And uh, I know it's a big holiday and all that. We're supposed to care about our friends and family at this time. But all that I really care about is knowing the fate of the Rebel Alliance and uh, the Empire, which I guess is now, what is it, Colin? The First Order. Of the- course, <laughs> I would, how would I know? You haven't seen the movie yeah. yet. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, oh, we're going to fucking geek out. And, uh, yeah. And unabashedly, I, I think, at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, my, my wife, she can sit at home and look at a Christmas tree by herself while I, uh, while, Go to Star Wars. while tears slowly run down my cheek as I see Harrison Watch Ford on the <laughs> It's going to happen. Don't crack yourselves in. I'm going to make a jump to life speed. <laughs> Well, anything else going on in the Mizzou world that you can think about, Colin, that uh, that we need to cover on our hard-hitting news show, the Mazodcast? I don't know. I guess we should, like I said, mention again that uh, we've changed the website a little bit. It's uh, we got we're excited articles. about this. We yeah. got articles posted. We're we're trying to grow the brand, as it were. Yeah. Um, so go and go and check that out. We've also got we still got our listener survey up. We always love to hear back from the listeners and what they've got to got to say. We've got the. Uh, iTunes reviews. You guys need to get out and give us an iTunes review. We appreciate that. Move Five stars up. only. Yeah, and yeah. I, I want to circle back to the website because we're pretty fucking excited about that. We do check it out because we've got several articles posted already. Uh, we got a number of uh, good writers putting stuff together. We are going to try to take any breaking news we have to the website first as well as Twitter and then draw us back to the website. And then, of course, we'll cover it every time we have a, a Mazodcast show to give you. But the site has a lot more to offer. Before, it was pretty much just a launching pad for finding this show to listen to. But, yeah, but there's we, a lot we of content. that uh, both I and you and Brian are writing for the uh, for the website as well as uh, a couple of other guys uh, – Caleb Bumgart and uh, Ryan Binkley are going to be uh, contributing, contributing editors. editors. Yep, yep. And uh, so it won't be just us. It'll be other guys and their ideas. And maybe at some point, uh, 
should they earn that right, maybe we'll even have them on the show as a guest. Yeah. Uh, probably not. Obviously, uh, it takes a very special, highly intelligent, highly talented person to do what we do on this show. But, a lot of charm, a lot uh, of skill is really what it takes. Yeah, we'll, not we'll, everybody's we'll consider got, it. Not everybody's got what I call it, Colin. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have it, maybe. Yeah. We got it in spades. So, yeah, check that out. We'll be adding to that. It may be a little slow during the Christmas week, um, but go fuck yourselves. It's fucking Christmas. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, we do have good stuff, and we do have some insightful stuff. Colin mentioned his own article about uh, the hiring of Odom sort of behind the behind the curtain there, and that's the kind of stuff we're going to bring to you on the website. And we do have that message board site up as well, so if you uh, get sick of Power Mizzou, come to ours. It's awful quiet now, but uh, it, it can come to life rapidly and uh, we we expect that to happen as the Mazadcast gro- grows into its own empire of the first order. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, and we should mention that uh, we have had an absolute rush of st- sticker requests. Um, yeah, we have. I'm I'm reluctant and- to even mention the stickers because I've been we've been basically doing nothing but filling stickers orders since we mentioned on Twitter that we got a new shipment of Mazadcast stickers in the mail. All you have to do is direct message us. Our request, and you can email us at mazodcast at gmail.com as well. Send us your address. We'd be happy to send you out Mazodcast stickers, and we've been sending them out. I'm thinking about putting together a map of all the places in the country we sent out stickers, Colin. That would be cool. I, I, I mean, we, they, you guys literally ran us out. We had to order a fresh batch. We got them in, and the, the uh, requests <laughs> continue to come. I, I, I can't wait uh, until every car on the road has a Mazodcast sticker in the rear window. I so can't. I like it's coming, Britain. Yeah, and if you if you see a car with a Mazadcast sticker, for God's sake, take a picture and tweet it to us. We'll be thrilled. Yeah, we'd love to see it. Yeah. Yep. Well, send your thoughts and prayers, your Christmas thoughts and prayers, out to Brian, who is in Peru, and I think he's in a in a mosquito net right now, uh, trying to recover while he's caked in sweat. Uh, your cold sweat. <laughs> boils. Cold sweat. Boils all over his body. Lesions on his chest. <laughs> the persistent cough. Yeah. Hope, Are we sure it's not AIDS? Yeah, I'm not not sure, sure, but you know, from what I've heard, there there seem to be some crossover. The, what we can hope is there's some uh, some mocha skinned Peruvian woman who's dotting him with a wet sponge, and they can. Although I I, I dare say not say that because as we all know, Brian has taken a lover, and yes, I, he has. And I'd hate for some uh, some Latina mistress to uh, to ruin all that. So, but anyway, I guess we'll sign off now that we've uh, we've covered Brian's disgusting illness, and wish yeah. you guys a happy, merry Christmas, Hanukkah, and uh, happy New Year as well. Yeah, all that stuff. So, uh, with that, have fun and go Tigers. M I Z Z O U. Try that again. M I Z. M I Z. You go. M I Z Z O U. I'm not not sure, sure. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, 
you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.